Welcome to Around the ACL. It's Michelle Thompson here with Trey Ryder and Anthony Ione coming off our second national, the Cornhole Mania in Erie, Pennsylvania, a beautiful venue right on the water. Uh, I like how you guys pick these venues right by the water. It's nice. I enjoy that very much. Yeah, it was, it was nice. I, I love the Bayfront. Bayfront Convention Center is always nice. Yeah, very nice. Uh, obviously, we had some great matches. We had potentially the match <laughs> which will be up for discussion one of the greatest matches we've ever seen if uh, let's see if that remains uh, so in the history of cornhole but definitely exciting to watch anthony we missed you how was it at home it was different yeah it was different watching it uh from that scope or you know that lens um i had multiple phones running so that was kind of nice i could have you know multiple streams on different phones um Digging more into stats, you know, because you're not there to like just feel it. So I had stats up. I had, you know, different devices up. Um, but it's not the same. It's not the same as actually being there and, and feeling the room, kind of feeling the mood. Uh, so I could definitely uh, tell that that was, you know, that was just like something being missed, you know, watching it remotely. But I still got you had some it. FOMO. You had some FOMO. Just say it. Yeah, there was def there was definitely some FOMO. Yeah, there was definitely some FOMO. Uh, yeah, that that. I don't know. So that's going to happen again on the next couple, right? So me and Trey have split duties, right? There's so many broadcasts now. So I'm going to be focusing on the shootouts and the Super Bowl. So I'm making all of those trips, you know, that's going to be nine with the with the championship. So you just sometimes you can't do it all. You know, you can't do it all. And you said it at the beginning of the season, uh, Trey, you can't do it all. And, uh, you know, it's time to develop other people. So I missed this one and I'll miss the next two, but I'll be at World. So that that's uh, yeah, it sucked. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> all in all. Yeah. It sucked all the way up until Sunday night when you could just turn off the TV or turn off whatever and then just go to bed. And yeah, yeah true. <laughs> yeah, true. Nice. Uh, Long travel days we could do without. That's for sure. Uh, looking forward to the next couple over here on the West Coast. For me, that's that's uh, exciting. All right, let's get into it. So we had the... Uh, the pro doubles we're going to talk about first. And as I alluded to, we had the final match that was 39 rounds, 58 minutes, or uh, you wrote it out, Trey, how many bags thrown or something like that. <laughs> something crazy. <laughs> Is this the longest match? Do you think? It's one of the longest matches that we've ever had on television. Yeah. So um, crazy, crazy long match. Of course, you know, Jacob, Jacob Trzinski and Tony Smith taking down the finals with uh, Mark Richards and Philip Lopez. Um, I had a chance to watch a little bit of it again last night. And it it's look, it was so long that we had to fit in a two hour window and you can't take up 58 minutes in one match if uh, in one, uh, one two hour show if, if you get three other matches going on. So they even had to cut like the first half of the show, which was a lot of back and forth and a lot of double four baggers. If you didn't watch it live, and you didn't watch it on the replay on the ESPN app, and you only watch it on TV, trust me, you just missed, like, a lot of four-baggers. My favorite part, <laughs> as going back and listening to it, was on, like, the third round. The game started double four-bagger, double four-bagger, double four-bagger. And so the third of those double four-baggers was on the end of Mark Richards and Tony Smith. And, you know, they had player mics on, so we can hear the player mics when, you know, I got my headset on. And right under his breath, I could hear Tony Smith goes, this game could take a while. <laughs> <laughs> and little did he know, yeah, he, was, he was exactly correct. Exactly correct. But, yeah, it was incredible. It was even funny, too, because, like, Anthony, you'll appreciate this, and you know how this is, because I know you weren't there. But 
we got done with the third match at like one hour and 12 minutes or like one hour and 10 minutes. So when you think about, and this is good for people at home, like thinking what the production team's thinking through and everything, right? Think of a two hour span. We have four matches to show in general. You're thinking 30 minutes, 30 minutes, 30 minutes, 30 minutes, right? You got a lot of fluff around it. If the game takes 30 minutes, you've gone too long for a segment, right? So you got to find ways to shave. Well, we had completed three segments and come back from commercial break at one hour and 12 minutes. So we were, we were thinking we were going to be 15 minutes light, as they would say, right? So if you watch the game between Jamie Graham and Alex Rawls, we come back from break. Michelle's doing this elongated <laughs> interview. We're showing another segment. We're like we're in killing time mode at this point, right? Because yeah, yeah. what else are you gonna do? You're you're gonna you're about to be even if that game lasts 30 minutes, you're still gonna have to fill eight minutes of content somewhere. Little did we know that the next game would last 58 minutes. Yikes! And and go way over time. So that's. Uh, when they cut it for the linear show, it just made the most sense to not cut out a whole other game, but cut out that first part. So, but it was, it was an incredible back and forth, five lead changes in the game. Tony Smith made 74 out of 80 bags. It's hashtag slinky season. So, I mean, I was really just impressed. And, and Tony Smith even said to me while he was playing in singles, he said, if I win this whole thing, you know, I got to be one of the best uh, hybrid players that you keep calling it that that's out there. And it's right. I mean, he, yes. him and Trzinski showcased the perfect way to play a hybrid style. Okay. You do not need to be Mark Richards. You do not need to slide every single bag in the hole. You just have to pick and choose your battles. And sometimes you just got to throw 12 bags in the hole in a row. Yes, and that's yes. what you got to do to win. But they have such good skill sets. I loved it. I loved watching them. Um, we'll get to singles in a bit. But Trzinski, I thought he played one of his worst games of the day in singles or doubles on the broadcast in the finals, right? And that's not saying that he played poorly. I'm just saying that's how good I thought he was all day long. But Tony Smith was elite in that final. He was a leader. He kept his composure. Even when he missed a game-winning bag, I thought to myself, that's it. He's going to melt, right? But we, we saw a different Tony Smith than I had been complaining about. I mean, how soon and how mo, mo, how recent was it that, you know, what, five weeks ago, I, I think I bought on buy or sell that Tony Smith has a finishing problem? And he did, right? He was a different player this weekend than he had been in the past. I don't know if it was the Slinkies. I don't know if it was having Jake on the other end. I don't know what it was, but he was calm, cool, collected, an elite level hybrid player, um, and, and it was a it was a huge um, you know earned victory, and it was really cool to see them and how um, you know what it meant to them to get get over the finish line. Um, maybe one more comment. Ask- yeah, okay, go ahead. Sorry, I was like, just I did ask Tony about the bags. Like, when did you change? Why did you change? And because there was some speculation that he changed because boards got sticky or something, and he said, "No, I changed." Because the 2023 combats, yeah, combats were like the template changed slightly and he just couldn't get comfortable with them. Yeah, that was, that's why he changed. Yeah. So it's like, it's crazy. Like 
though he would have been throwing those bags had we not, you know, forced the UK 2023 bags. These are different bags you got to play with. Now you can't play with last year's bags. And then obviously we make sure that the bags, you know, once they get broken in and thrown, still stay within the speculations of what they need to be. And this changed what bag manufacturers did slightly enough that Tony's like, okay, these bags aren't really working for me. And switch to the, I think he was throwing cutthroats. Were they throwing cut? I can't even remember. But he switches between the the convicts and the cutthroats, and like, I, I think it's working. Yeah. Only other comment I'll really make is that, you know, we're a absolute barn burner of a match here this weekend, and a twenty to two comeback away from Mark Richards and Philip Lopez winning three out of four national doubles events. You go back to the final chase they won. World Championships, they're up 20 to 2 and give up a give up the lead to lose to Jay Rubin, Jordan Power. You obviously didn't get there at the kickoff battle. And now here at the Cornhole Mania, if it's not for an unbelievable performance by Tony Smith in a 39-round game, Mark Richards, Philip Lopez win again. And we're talking about them passing the dominance of Jamie Grimm and Matt Guy early last year back into 2021 as one of the best legendary teams of all time, as far as a stretch goes. So I still think they're up there, but I also don't want to lose the fact that the weekend belongs to Jacob Trzinski and Tony Smith, but Philip Lopez and Mark Richards still did got to accomplish something special. Absolutely. All right. All right, Anthony, give us your thoughts. I, right. you got a lot. I have a lot of thoughts. I have a lot of thoughts. I was able to <laughs> stew in my thoughts at home uh, watching remotely. Um, I thought it'd be fun to start off with uh, actually related to the trivia question on the broadcast because there were other pieces of it uh, that we didn't have that, that didn't get included. And I thought it might be good for some of the viewers, too. So the trivia question that was on the ESPN broadcast was the rookies, Justin Burton Jr. and Logan, Cham Logan Chamberlain, they showed early promise that they would be a legitimate force in the pro division. They won essentially the amateur or the advanced level brackets. They won their brackets at Worlds and then together took third in their brackets. So the question on the broadcast was, they both won their brackets, so they go to the final. Who finished further? Who finished deeper? Justin Burton Jr. or Logan Chamberlain? And Trey, you were right. And you were it kind of maybe for a second, you were like, you know, it's a good question. I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure. But ultimately, the correct answer was Justin Burton Jr. And the fun fact that came off of that that didn't make the broadcast that I thought would have been fun was Logan Chamberlain lost by one point, 21 to 20 in the semifinal. So if he gets that one point, we would have Justin Burton Jr. and Logan Chamberlain fighting it out for the uh, world's advanced champion. So that's kind of unique to think about where they're at today now as a partnership within the pro division and how much promise they showed coming in. Uh, and then the second piece of that, a trivia question, this one's for you, Mish. Let's see if you can get it because I'm sure Trey knows it. There was a field of 500 plus participants in that same advanced uh, singles or that singles uh, tournament, heavily dominated by men, right? But one woman rose to the occasion and won her bracket, her advanced singles bracket at Worlds. Name that that woman. Do you know that one? Ooh. What? <sighs> I have a, I have a gut. I don't know this, so I'm not cheating in any way or pretending like I don't know it. For some reason, I want to get. Was it Elizabeth Tennyson? Kimberly Jenkins. Oh wow! Oh. Yeah, no, I didn't get that. Yeah. So dang, I should I should have put that one first in the uh, in the trivia question. 
it's tough to get Trey. He seems to know all of these things. Um, <laughs> anyways, I thought that was a fun one kind of leading into it. But yeah, individually in doubles, uh, killing it. If you look at individuals in, in their respective doubles teams, Creek Killer was money. Halbert played really, really well. Cody Henderson, Trzinski, uh, Grindersleeve, Power, Neistead, Parent showing out in doubles. Jacob Gore and Harbaugh all played extremely well in doubles, but I think it was Mark Richards, probably the best all-around player in doubles when you take a, like a high-level look at everything throughout the entire bracket. So um, comment on Chamberlain. I don't think he's the sidekick anymore. We've talked about Chamberlain, the sidekick, you know, to JBJ. Look at how he's playing in both singles and doubles. I think that the sidekick thing could go away. If you put him in any other doubles partnership, you could argue he would be the A player. So I want to—I just want to give Chamberlain a shout out. He outscored his opponents more than anyone in doubles in the entire tournament. Wow. So hands down, he was scoring more points against his opponents. So uh, Chamberlain looking really, really nice. How about the runs between Birchfield and Rawls and Harbaugh Morellis? Both take a first round loss and then run through the bracket. Just mess up the bottom part of the bracket. Birchfield and Rawls. They lost 21 to 19 to Kimbrell and Rozier right out of the gate, round one. And then they rattle off seven straight wins, ultimately taking third in their bracket, losing to Malone and Humans. And hey, well done for uh, Kimbrell and Rozier. They also take out Poitras and Hunter, Wooten and Thorne in their path to a fifth place finish. So kind of unexpected. I definitely wanted to uh, recognize those guys. Harbaugh and Morellis, their first round loss was to Ferreira. And Cody Johnson, remember him from national number one last year. He uh, he ended up winning that one with Malone out of nowhere. They win that one 21. They beat Harbaugh and Morellis 21-18. And then Harbaugh and Morellis run through the loser's bracket as well. Go on a six-win streak. And I think it was just Harbaugh taking that first game to get used to Morellis' bags. Uh, I, I think Harbaugh is one of those guys that can throw any bag, but give him a game to figure it out. I think he did, and then just rolled uh, through the bracket. So I'd watch out for those two at national number three now that Harbaugh has a tournament under his bracket, working with Morellis, throwing his bags. Uh, the reigning world champs, Power and Ruben, make another uh, bracket final. I'd love to see the stat on how many bracket finals Power and Ruben have made over the last two years. It might be the most out of, out of all the doubles teams. If not, it's got to be up there. Um, really that one came down to, uh, you know, you get down to that final. It was a questionable third bag airmail by Jordan power. In my opinion, um, he threw it one bag too early. Um, you know, and I think, I, I think if he looked back on it, he would agree. If he laid up on bag three, shot the airmail on bag four, I think that that's their chance to get to the second scoop against Richard and Lopez in that final. And then certainly anything could have happened, but yeah, let's get to the final Smith and Trzinski Richards and Lopez. So I watched it last night, finally, when it hit uh, ESPN2, and I wondered why the match started up, and I think the score was 4-4 four to four to start. And I'm like, damn it, what happened at the beginning? What it was 4-4 four to four for a while. <laughs> so Okay, so there were, a ton of, there were a ton of washes then at the beginning. So, yeah, maybe for me, the whole experience would have been a little bit different if I saw the whole match live. Um, but going into it, I was a little concerned for Tony going on to the broadcast. How many times has Tony expressed how much the conditions affect him, you know, he'll go, he'll play all day in one area. And then he goes to a, a stream court 
and it was too fast and it just messed him up. And then ultimately it was the end. So I was a little concerned with him changing rooms completely. It sounded like we were in a completely different venue, but it's slinky season. And I think that played into it. You know, he's throwing a faster model bag all day. So maybe the, the need for, you know, that sticky combat to skip up the board a certain way, he's kind of worked through. However, it was kind of early in the match. He threw one right off the board uh, early in the match for me. So maybe maybe there were six rounds of washes before he threw it off the board. But the very first round I saw on TV went off the back. And I'm like, ooh, you know, maybe, uh, maybe it's going to be too fast. But he obviously adjusted. Um, Lopez has been suspect the last couple doubles uh, runs. So I was really nervous about him on the broadcast. What are we going to get out of Lopez? Obviously, they were good enough to get to the final, but I was really proud of him and happy to see him overcome what he's been going going through the last couple tournaments, obviously kind of falling a little bit, uh, but, get, but getting it done at national number two. And then you got Trzinski. This dude's style is legit to me. I think on and off the boards. He's got this just hardcore grit mentality. I think that there's just real this positive energy that comes out of him. I mean, even his look, you know, he had the shoes going on with the nicely placed laces. He's got the ink. I need a minute on the nose ring, though. I don't know if you if that's something new, Mish. Have you seen the nose ring on him or is that something new? I was wondering the same thing because I was having a conversation with him, like kind of close. And I was thinking as he's talking and I was like, is that nose ring always been there? Yeah. <laughs> I was totally focusing on it. <laughs> it's like I couldn't remember. I don't know. I love his style, though, the way he plays, the way he handles the pressure, uh, the way that he communicates with his partner. Um, I think he brings something awesome to the game. But it was the side of the boards with Tony against Richards, really, for me, which was was insane. So Mark put 87 percent. Here you go. 87 percent of his bags in the hole. Tony Smith, 92 percent. And if you look at that, the difference was only four bags. Mm -hmm. But those four bags earned Tony a 13 to four lead in the score. Tony Smith scored 13 points. Mark scored four points. So those four bags were a big difference. And then if you look at the other side, coincidentally, the difference between Phil and Jacob was also four bags. And hmm. Phil, Phil, Philip Lopez winning that battle, he wins that battle 15 to nine. So it was kind of opposite sides of the partnership that were scoring. But ultimately, Tony being able to outrun Mark 13 to four was a difference in the match. If Mark could even just get seven, you know, 13, seven, 13, six, maybe you have a completely different game. Um, but yeah, if you look at that, half of the rounds are washes, 19 washes. I mean, that's longer than most games, period. I think the average games in the pro division are 16, 17 rounds. So to go 19 rounds of washes, that's longer than a normal match. Uh, and the way that that one ended for me, it was like nine. I think it was like, it's not going to show in the stats, but I want to say it was like nine rounds of must be ins to win or must oh, be yeah. ins to stay alive. I said it well, several it, times. So, yeah. So it, it was um, at 20 to 18, they washed six times in a row, then scored one point, washed two more times in a row, and then finally a victory. So every fourth bag was to stay alive for like a ton of rounds, like nine rounds. So that's what made it pretty cool. But to me, obviously, Tony Smith was the standout. He was the show. And what was crazy to me, at least from what I got to see in the broadcast, I didn't see the first couple rounds, but did he throw an airmail the entire game? Which is crazy. Did he throw a roll bag the entire game? If he did throw an airmail or a roll bag, it would have been limited to one or two he did have a nice, a few nice step out cuts to yeah, get around some cut. stuff. 
He got around some months of cuts, but it's slinky season. And Tony Smith, that bag is working, man. That bag is working for him. I loved it. Slinky season. It, it absolutely is. Let's move on to our singles match. We got to see Jamie Graham and Alex Rawls battle it out uh, for the win there. And it's funny, I asked Alex when we were waiting at the commercial break to do the interview, I said, when's, when's the last time you won a national title? He's like, never. I was like, never? He's like, I'm like, I feel like you're always here. He's like, I am. <laughs> so I didn't realize he never actually won. I was, I guess I didn't really think about it. And so I was like, wow, that's amazing. So he obviously, you know, well-deserved for, for Alex. So congrats to him, but did suck that he had to take out his brother to get there. Um, he didn't like that. I asked him about it and he said, you know, that was a lose-lose situation. I didn't want to have to take out my own brother, but, you know, happy to get the win. But uh, Trey, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I, I, hello, hello, Jamie Graham. Welcome back. I mean, yes, it's crazy. I mean, I'll get to Alex in a second, but when it comes to Jamie Graham, I mean, he changed something and his bag was uglier. (laughs) It was not pretty. It was an ugly duckling of a bag and it was better. I mean, he was a better. Yeah, he had to step through. I was yeah. like, is that Matt Guy's bag or Jamie's bag? I, I can't yeah. tell. <laughs> it doesn't matter, though. He <laughs> threw something fast. He was sliding a lot of bags in, hit some rolls with it when he needed to, but he was back similar to the Jamie Grin that we saw. Now, something happened in between that and the finals. He wasn't the same player, right? If that finals, Jamie Graham plays Justin Burton Jr. in the semis, Justin Burton Jr. kills him, right? But that's a different story. Like, at, at least at this point, Jamie's got to feel happy that he's back to where he was, right? He can he can be upset a little bit that he didn't get the finals win, but overall, I think it's good to see Jamie Grant back playing at a high level. But yeah, Alex Rawls, big first national win, gets the monkey off of his back, and yes. really, it was uh, it was expected and not expected all at the same time, right? We knew Alex Rawls was going to get one somewhere, but like. I'll even I'll even admit we went through at some points right and we were kind of like well is he gonna you know is he a top ten player right now all these other great rookies all these other players playing better it's like he's playing good right but we weren't sure if he was we knew he's gonna be top ten top fifteen finish but we didn't know he could be number one right and he did and so he was consistent he didn't do a lot of things flashy I think if the anything that he played at a really high level was that push shot. There's a few times I was watching him watching him and I was like, that's an elite level push. Not many people are going to be able to push bags in that regard. I think it was leading up to it. He had a really nice round where he was he had to push a bag that was pinned by another and he a pulley bush. I mean, it was literally like <laughs> push his in, bag went off to the side, like a really high level push shot that you just don't see from a lot of people. So I was really, really impressed. Um Overall, I just think it's uh, it's it's it was really good to see Alex. Allen continues to just surprise people. I mean, I, even, when I was, even when I was talking to a player who will be unnamed, it's an elite level player. Um, not going to divulge, but they even said Allen's not good. And I said, yes, he is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's made the final four twice. You can't say he's not good. And they just said, no, he's not. And I, I mean. That's the kind of vibe. And I think, you know what, if I'm Alan Rawls, don't take offense to it, embrace it. 
right? Yeah, I would. Let people keep thinking that you are, quote, not good, right? Because he just keeps winning. And it, you know. (laughs) It matches his personality, though, right? He's he's so relaxed, laid back, chill. Like, I feel like it matches his personality. Like, when I talk to him, he's like, yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah, that's, that's gotta, gotta that's gotta be that's gotta be someone out of Florida calling him out. That's that's Blaine Rozier. That's Blaine Rozier. <laughs> it's, it's, I will not divulge. I don't want to call anybody out. But literally, I get people saying he's not good, and I'm like, yes, he is. He is good. Um, Justin Burton Jr. At times, you know, at times in singles, I'll give Alex Rawls credit. I didn't see a ton of his game, so I wish I had seen more of him throughout the day because I just I just missed I just missed some of his games. Who I watched, Justin Burton Jr. and Jacob Trzinski had two absolute throwdown battles. And two of the best players I saw all day were Burton Jr. and Trzinski. I thought Trzinski played a better game than Justin Burton Jr. Just when it got to the end both times, Trzinski had one round where the airmail wasn't working. He had been hitting airmails nonstop. He set up Burton Jr. in the way that he wanted to. And he had been hitting the airmails the entire game, and he just didn't hit him at the end. So I thought Trzinski played really well. Trzinski put a 10 spot on Justin Burton Jr. in one of the games. Wow. A 10 spot, right? Um, scored a 5 as well. He scored 15 points in two different rounds at one point in that game. So I thought Trzinski was really good. Burton Jr., I thought, looked the same. He looked like the same guy. The thing I think that hurt him, he was so good. And throwing at such a good pace, and Trzinski, who was kind of number two, also throws at a good pace. That bracket got done, and he waited for an hour and a half to play his semifinal game. So I think that hurt him in some way, shape, or form. If not, if he plays that right afterwards, we could be talking about Justin Burton Jr. making it into another final. Definitely not going to commit to that and say that for sure, because Jamie Graham put it on him. I mean, he beat him bad, but I still think when we talk about Justin Burton Jr., you could argue that he's still one, two, one or two as far as best in the world right now. So um, I was really impressed by them. We talked about Rawls. Jake Gore had another really strong run. I thought he was going to get him. I mean, he beat Jamie Graham and, um, you know, he had Jamie Graham beat, um, you know, gets all the way right up to it and, and just comes up a little bit short, but. Um, was really impressed by Gore as well. There are a number of players I was really impressed with. But overall, Alex Rawls gets to celebrate the day and get his first ever national title. And drink some water. The guy didn't drink water for 10 hours because he was superstitious when he was winning. I'm like, Alex, this is not smart. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. That is not. Yeah, that's not good. Hey, it worked. <laughs> it worked. What you got, Anthony? Uh, I'm going to start off with Scheibner. Did yeah. you see this guy? Oh my! Are we calling him Shibby now? <laughs> it's so funny. I went up to him. I said, "You go by Shibby, but but it's Scheibner. And he's like, "Yeah." And he's like, "All right, I guess it's got to be Shibby now." And he <laughs> laughed a little bit. So I don't think he likes Shibby, but I think we could we could stick with it, Anthony. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, rookie of the year coming in, right? <clears throat> and if we go back to the draft, Jimmy Humans took him second pick in the draft. And, you know, I didn't like it. And I said I didn't like it. Well, I'm here to admit that I was wrong. It is tough where we're at, right? We pick top 10 lists. We pick who we think is going to be top 15. 10 or 15 people are always going to like us. And 240 people are going to hate us. So in this case, I was wrong. I think that Scheibner was a great second round draft pickup by Jimmy Humans. And I think Jimmy Humans is somewhat of a genius in this pickup. 
and I think that that could play into the uh, into the rest of the team's event as we move throughout the year. Um, this guy makes the, the king seat match going through Vincent Frisch and Alex Hicks. And speaking of Frisch, coming out of the PDC, pulling Matt Guy in round one. He beats him 21 to eight. I mean, Mish, I know you're a, a Vincent fan, but would you have picked him to beat Matt Guy out of round one, right? He didn't pick himself. I asked him, I said, how'd you feel going into that match? He's like, I was nervous. <laughs> like, I mean, he was shocked for that win. I mean, yeah, you know. I mean, side note on that, Matt Guy, Kyle Malone, second round of the loser's bracket. Kyle Malone goes oh one two. Yeah. Yep, that's tough. And that is that is where some brackets get jacked up when a guy like Matt Guy gets forced down to the bottom. We talked about how that jacked up some of the double stuff. Uh, but yeah, Frisch, he went a 10-4-7 over 17 rounds to win that match. And he's not even a bag-running guy, is he, Mish? I mean, he kind no. of plays a more strategic game, right? Yep, definitely dirty. Yeah, congrats to him. Ryan Wiedenfield, he was the advanced champ. He won over Burton Jr. and Chamberlain, the names that we constantly say. Wiedenfeld currently ranked 101, and he comes out of this 48th in his bracket. He's falling. And, Mish, this is where I really want to kind of come to you because I think you're the one that actually has education and experience in this life off the boards, I think, has a significant impact on the results on the board, and he's definitely dealing with as tough as life can be right now. What are your thoughts on that mental side of the game? And could it be a, why potentially a top 10 player could be ranked 130, 140 right now in the league? Man, there's so many factors, you know, obviously your outside life has to impact your board life. You can't shut it all off. You know, you, especially, you know, he's, he's underage. He's not drinking beer all day to numb all the stuff going on in his head, as far as I know. So, yeah. you know, he's got to deal with it. He's got to deal with the thoughts or suppress it. And it's going to come up at any moment. It could be in the middle of a throw, you know, thoughts, feelings, anything. So I think it absolutely can, can play a role. And I also think it starts to wear on your confidence. You keep having lower level finishes than you think you should. And you start to think what's, what's going on here. What's wrong with me. And that's going to impact your confidence. That's not going to yeah, be a no good doubt. place to shoot from. Yeah, and so Wiedenfeld lost losing his father earlier in the season, and I'm sure that is a huge, you know, something that he's dealing with off the board because the guy's definitely a top 10 talent. I'm really pulling for him to, to kind of pull it in together here in the back half of the season. Um, but yeah, jumping to Jamie Graham, um, check out his five opponents, his last five opponents to get where he ended up. Logan Chamberlain, which we keep talking about all season. Dylan Turpin, who's a breakout player, top 10 talent. Then he pulls a Mark Richards, you know, Reigning world champ, possibly a top three player. He pulls Jake Gore, who won a bracket at the last at the last national. He's one airmail drag bag away from making the final. Then he pulls Justin Burton Jr., the reigning champ. So this is Jamie Graham's run to get where he's at. And if we go to last week or or even a couple weeks ago, where we've been talking about Jamie Graham, we've been talking about top tens. I think Jamie Graham fell out of everyone's top ten, but mine. And I told you, Mish. This is where I'm I'm not always raw numbers because if we look at raw numbers and we look at results, Jamie Graham should not be in any top tens. I mean, he's losing locally. He's performing poorly at conferences. He's not getting the results he needs in opens. But the dude comes out and he makes it to a final at the national. And I said, I'm going to hold on to him in my top 10 spot just based on gut. Well, the gut came through. Um, and what I liked about it was he played. So if you look at the, gore, the, if you look at the back-to-back -back matches, Gore, then JBJ. 
he played two completely different games. And it really shows how deep his bag is and how he has all the shots at an elite level. It shows how rich his IQ is. Essentially, with Gore, he was playing more of a, you know, more of a, a speed-controlled running bags to the hole. Then he gets to JBJ, and all of a sudden, hey, there's Jamie Graham's roll bag. He just starts pulling out a roll bag out of nowhere, and it came into play. He hit a bunch of airmail. He's got this maudlin-like step over now, which we were talking about a little bit earlier, and this kind of wobbly bag. But if anyone, I was saying last week, we talked about it. You guys didn't like it. I was like, if, if anyone can change their throw going into national too, right before a national, it's Jamie Graham, a guy who's constantly tweaking his throw. Uh, and, and whatever he did, it played out well. And I'm really happy uh, for Jamie Graham to kind of finally kind of break out of whatever funk he's been in. Um, Alex Rawls, uh, I think the, you know, if we talk about the brother versus brother matchup to get to TV was totally badass for me. Um, I, I At least for now, Alex is answering the question, who is the better Rawls? Because for a second there, we were like, whoa, what's going on with Allen and where is Alex? Uh, but but certainly Alex or Allen has shocked the entire Cornhole community. It really leads into what you were saying, Trey, it, whether he's really that good or not. He's winning, right? And I think it's the people that are the closest to him that would probably have seen this coming, but I certainly didn't see it coming. So props to him. But and the thing about Alex, you, Ross, Anthony, you got? I asked Alex uh, if you, when you play your brother, like what percentage are you winning? And he said it's about 60 40. Okay. So and 60% then you asked, of the time, Alex wins and 40% Alan. We'll have to see if Alex uh, validates that 60-40. He'd <laughs> be like, that's BS. I'm 90%. Um, but yeah, talking about Alex's game, it's not flashy, right? He's I think he's playing this really, really legit speed-controlled game. He's got all the shots quietly. He added a roll bag this year, but he only uses it when he needs it. He has this really untalked about reverse cut bag that I think is a big part of his shot. And it's not a real drastic reverse cut. He's able to move that bag just slightly right to left and in the right position. He's using it to bully. He's using it to get around right at the left side of bags. And I think he's using it out on his step outs to, to, to sex, to sexually make some pushes when he's got traffic on the left side. Um, you talked about his push game, Trey. I think it's, I think it's absolutely legit. And then he's got a, a top-notch airmail, but I think he kind of distributes his shots so well that it that he doesn't really like, oh, that guy's the best airmailer. He's the best pusher. He's the best roller. I think he just distributes his shots really well where he's just kind of good at everything, and I think he plays really, really smart. Here's, a, here's an interesting stat for you guys. In his bracket, Alex Rawls was the 15th-ranked PPR. 14 players scored more points than Alex Rawls but he wins the bracket. He had the highest DPR period out of the entire tournament. So for him to win a bracket in the 14th spot out of PPR, that's significant. I see it all time, all the time at spot six through eight, but to drop all the way to 15, I don't typically see someone winning a bracket that low. That goes to tell you how good his DPR was. So um, yeah, the guy was due. Yeah, that's crazy, right? The guy was due. And to me, the difference in the finals Three times, Jamie Graham had an open board fourth bag drag bag opportunity. So he had to make the conscious decision. I have last bag in the round. I can just go in for 10 or I can try and throw an airmail here and drag a bag on the hole and get 12. He missed all three, giving up 15 points in three airmail. That was by far the difference. And he lost by seven. So you lose by seven. 
but you gave up 15 points on three airmail. I think Jamie Graham would, would, would agree to that. Now, I think it's one of those things where the very first time he threw it was early. He was like, I'm going to go get that bag early. He was kind of committed to it. So when the, when the opportunity presented himself again, it's like, I got to make up. I got to make up for the last win, get it all back here, missed it. And then the third time he's like, ah, well, shit, I've already thrown it twice. I'm going to throw it the third time. So 15 points costed him. But but at the end of the day, I say, welcome back, Jamie Graham, and, and congrats to Alex Rawls. And lastly, we had our teams battle it out over the course of the weekend. Uh, two of those battles we got to see on CBS Sports Network, and the other ones were happening on the live stream courts. Uh, Trey, what are your thoughts on the teams events? Yeah, this was a like teams is shaping up very interestingly because if you look at the standings, like all the different teams are in they're, they're like very close as far as the standings go. So if we just look at, you know, uh, division by division, nor, um, we'll start in the North region. The Aviators are six and two. The New England Woodchucks are four and four. The Ringers are four and four. The Marauders are three and four. Then in the South, Carolina Coasters five and three, Freeze three and four, Sliders two and five, Cutters one and six. Central Region, the Maze five and three, the Bully Baggers five and three, the Spinners four and three, the Colonels two and five. And then finally, the West Region, the Timber are five and two, the Slingers four and three, the Burn four and four, the High Rollers three and five. And the reason I want to go through that is because how many teams are in a three and four to a five and three like span? I mean, it is crazy to me how all those teams are are just in a band, right? If I go three and four all the way up to five and three, that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten of the sixteen teams in that center band, right? It tells me there's a lot of parity, which is really, really cool in the way that it's shaking out. So I thought that was very interesting. There was a head-to-head matchup between the Timber and the Spinners, undefeated teams um, that that ultimately went to the Timber. But both the Timber and the Spinners didn't have as good of a weekend as what they started. Um, Wait, in, in uh, the- you got to drop that stat for Anthony. Oh, Anthony, my favorite stat. Okay, what you got? <laughs> I'm going to reverse it because we're already talking about teams that wouldn't make sense. Anthony, there is one pair of players as a team that are 0-7 in teams play. Only one. They've played seven games together, and they've lost all seven. Can you guess who it is? (laughs) It's got to be someone who shouldn't be losing seven games. (laughs) Uh, Fisher Hamilton and Tyler Cobb, I think they're a team. That's a great guess, but <laughs> the only 0-7 team is Tony Smith and Alec Ryan. Oh, gosh. <laughs> wow. Is that not unbelievable? Unbelievable. Um, that is unbelievable. I, just crazy. Just crazy. So, um, yeah, I think it's really interesting. Our division leaders, Ohio Aviators, the Aviators are the best team in the league right now. They are absolutely incredible. They've thrown 8.83 PPR as far as a team goes. If we look at their team PPR, the Aviators are sitting at ninth, right? So they're not even doing anything that overly impressive as far as a PPR goes. They're just winning these individual matchups. So the uh, the Aviators sitting at 6-2, and two, your best team right now. The Coasters are also leading 
uh, a region. Now they're going to be without Trevor Brooks the rest of the way. So they got to fill that. that that's going to be somewhat of a decent sized loss that they're going to have to fill right there. So that's just something to keep in mind. Hey, I got to give credit to the Missouri Mays. They've had a few different teams that um, that a few different players have to drop out. And ultimately it, um, you know, it, it's hurt them. But at the same time, they have they're leading a region, and I had them as one of the worst draft grades. Okay, so ultimately, one of the worst draft grades comes through and is is having a good season. The Timber at five and two, also continuing a hot streak here. So um, overall, I was like nice to see the Ringers and the High Rollers both bounce back. They respectively go through. They both go uh, three and one to finish uh, the Cornhole Mania to get them back into playoff contention. But as we go, we're getting closer and closer to playoffs as my dogs freak out. So I'll let you guys keep adding stuff. <laughs> Anthony, <laughs> Anthony, Trey took all the time. You got like two minutes. Let's hear No, it. it's fine. I just wanted to make some – I'm still trying to make sense of the team's event in the sense that how the matchups work and how how players are approaching it from a strategic standpoint. So look look at some of these matches because they might blow your mind as well, and I just can't explain it. Vanessa Fillingham and Trey Baker beat Caleb Franklin and Noah Wooten, 13-9. Emily Downer and Christian Rodriguez get Mark Richards and Philip Lopez, 13-7. You got Kaylee Hunter and Chad Hunt get Ryan Wiedenfield and Logan Chamberlain, 13-7. You got a Justin Stranger and a Jonathan Segura, and it's not that they're too far behind this, but the score, they beat Derek King and Eric Davis 22-4 to in round-limited format. Nicole Pratt and Ryan Fillingham beat Zaft and Hadley 11-6. You know, so you're kind of going through these, and I'm like, what's going on in these matchups? Are players maybe playing outside of their normal strategy? Um, is it that difficult playing with someone different, a different bag, different chemistry? So I'm still trying to make sense of all this. And then you mentioned Tony Smith and Alec Ryan, one of their matches against Malone and humans this, this weekend, Tony Smith throws a seven, six, Alec Ryan throws a 7.0 and Jimmy humans throws a 6.6 while Kyle Malone is the high with an eight, eight. I'm like, what? I want to see that match. Like, what happened in that match where you what have three of four? What is happening right there? So I'm still scratching my my head on the uh, the whole team. Yeah, what changes? Because they're not throwing like that in the shootouts. That's for sure. Exactly. <laughs> Which would be a similar, you know, round limited type of style. All right, let's get into buy or sell. Trey, Jamie Graham is back. Yeah, I'm normally not one to like. I'm always the guy that's like, uh, let's wait another event. Let's no, wait. No recency event. bias, huh? Yeah, yeah. So, um, but I'm gonna say he's back, right? Uh, Jamie Graham is the second winningest player of all time. One of the all-time greats. He doesn't need a lot to get back. If he if he's not playing well, you know it's a temporary lull. Once he's back to playing well, I don't need to worry about consistency. He's back. I'll buy it. Anthony. Yeah, I agree. I buy he's back. And then just from a raw numbers perspective, just looking at ranks, I mean, he didn't have the best performance coming out of national one. He gets those bonus points coming out of two. He's going to essentially come out of the rankings of this one minimum. I would say minimum low twenties, mid twenties in rank. So certainly if he can keep bringing that game, he's going to be able to make a run and actually rank and finish pretty high at the end of the season as well. Alan Rawls is a top five player for real this time. Someone convinced me that the answer I that the answer is yes, he's a top. I I, I what is it with my brain? 
Hey, I have the same problem. <laughs> I mean, I think it's I mean, the energy he puts off. Like he's just like kind of quiet and subdued and doesn't really say anything and like doesn't boast. And I don't know. It's weird. I cannot figure it out. I watched the guy play. I got top 10 pros telling me he's not good. I'm watching him and I go, this doesn't make sense. And he just keeps doing it. <laughs> I'm, I'm still going to sell it. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm going to sell it and say he's a top 10 player. But I, I can't, just, you can't say prove it. You can't say prove it. I he's can't. It. I can't. I, there is no, I have no logic. I'm, I'm, I, I cannot, I cannot figure it out. Anthony. You know, what's going to be crazy is after the rankings uh, mix up, I'm just looking at the rank right now. You got JBJ at in first. He won a bracket, so he's going to stay up there. Devin Harbaugh is only ahead of him by 10 points. Alan Rawls wins a bracket. He might be the second. He might end up the second best player in the world in rankings after this once the math is done. My gut says Rawls will be Alex Rawls. Okay. Because, right, those bonus points, he came in, he came in second in his bracket. So in theory, the four-point differential yep. that Allen would get over that one is different than the 20-point differential that he's going to get. So it should be Burton Jr. one, Alex Rawls two, but it could be Allen Rawls three. Unless it could I'm be. Yeah, I think it might be Allen Rawls three. So after two nationals, the guy is still holding a third-place spot. But I'm with you, Trey. I, I don't know what I, – a top five, I, I, I got to sell. Uh, he's going to hate me. I like the guy too. What's up, buddy? Sorry, man. <laughs> the Krasinski-Smith game was the best of all time. This is one of those ones where I feel like I need to digest it a little bit more. Like, is this Ruben Power comeback worthy? Is this no Wooten Jamie Graham worthy? I've thought more about it, and I think I'm going to still say it is number two. I am going to put – because I am very much involved in the fact that it has to mean something, right? I heard some people in the comments, best game I've ever seen, Trey Birchfield, Josh Holland – 2021 open number 10 and i'm like i get it i know why you as an individual do that but i would never put a game like that in my in, as the best of all time for me because the, I, there's so much more at stake at these other events yeah. right we're talking about the difference between playing in a convention center space for an open and on a national stage for the biggest title that you can think of i'm gonna put it number two the comeback is epic. I still think Jay Rubin and Jordan Power earned that number one spot for the best game in my mind. But Trzinski-Smith, it, it was an incredible game, and they deserve to have number two. Anthony? I, I totally agree with the, the, the comeback. You also have to throw in a Wooten versus Graham, and only because that was at a national, and it changed the way the game was played. Noah Wooten put the roll bag on the map, and – the game would be completely different today if he didn't showcase that in that national on a national level. You've also got the baby goat versus the goat, which has its own storyline in itself. <clears throat> you know, ju just the dynamics of that, the two different techniques and strategy going head to head for 49 rounds is in that one as well for me. So I'm going to sell uh, there. There's, there's just, there's other games. I think the shot clock played a role in the doubles final. Yeah, I thought it, I thought it played a little bit of a role. I mean, it adds a different complexity to the game. Like, I think the ACL, you know, we'll take we'll take a look at the shot clock in the offseason, maybe go up to fifteen seconds. But imagine that game was fifty eight minutes with a twelve second shot clock. Yeah, what if it was twenty? Doesn't have a twelve second shot clock. Might be might be still going. 
I'll say yes, it did. Yes, it had an effect. Minimal, but it had one. Yeah, it had an effect. It definitely had an effect. You could even hear some of the voiceovers on the mics. It was like, oh, I was looking at the shot clock. I was looking at the shot clock. And from a timing perspective, with all the extra timeouts, I mean, it, the teams are taking more timeouts, I think. And if you have four and four, if you take eight timeouts, I mean, that's a lot of minutes and timeouts as well. Um, I'm not sure if it's better to have more timeouts or a longer shot clock, you know, how that math works out in an overall broadcast, but it certainly played a role, I would say. Last one, JBJ is the best player in the world right now. Trey. I still think he's number one. I'm going to buy it um, based on what he did in both singles. Again, he was one win away from making a, a final, and then, you know, he's still rolling in doubles. I'm going to buy it. Anthony? I, I can't even see an argument to not buy that. Um, yeah, there's great players right now. Tony Smith looks amazing. Harbaugh is playing out of his ass right now, but JBJ got Harbaugh in the final. So uh, I, I don't see an argument against JBJ not being the number one. All right. Buy or sell. That's it. All right. You guys ready for your hot takes? Ready. All right. Let's hear um, it. Um, I'll go first. I'll go first. Say, look, one player that really impressed me this weekend, Everybody, all eyes are going to be on Tony Smith. I loved what I saw all weekend <laughs> long from Jacob Trzinski. Trzinski is going to win a bracket in singles this year. Oh. I was like, you just stole another one of my hot takes. I went Trzinski as well, believe okay. it or not. What is going on? But I got Trzinski winning a shootout this year. I think that format plays nice into his um, winning a shootout, getting him to the championship uh, as the Elite Eight. I got the hottest hot take. Tony Smith and Alec Ryan will win a game in teams. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> not going to happen. Not going to happen. <laughs> I believe in you. I believe in you. You can do it. All right. That's all we got time for. We'll see you guys all next time.